We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Hello, everyone, because uh, Aaron decided to throw this on me. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I am one of the other hosts, Ariel, <laughs> and joining me tonight is Daniel. Hi there. So let's get started. Oh, really? Oh, hey, you know what? You sprung this on me and you're getting cut, so. Oh, gee. <laughs> So uh, for those of them at home that don't know, Ariel's the boss of this podcast, and I've just been fired. <laughs> oh, I'm the boss now? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Things are about to change. Well, boss, what are we doing tonight? Uh, Damnation. Ooh. <gasps> yeah. This was a great movie, actually. Actually, I did enjoy this one. <laughs> All right. Daniel, I give it to you with the summary. <laughs> all right, now that all the chaos has been changed, Resident Evil Damnation is a feature-length CGI horror movie filmed by Capcom and Sony Pictures. It is a sequel to Resident Evil Degeneration, and it was released on October 9, 2012. Such a long time ago. <laughs> it was yesterday. It takes place between the games 5 and 6. So if you want to play things in order while you're watching movies, this is where it falls in. That is really all I have for that. I've got something to throw in there. Did you know that Damnation got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. It got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really hard to do. I was surprised when I saw that. I mean, it kind of deserved it, though. <laughs> yeah, it got like six point something out of ten on IMDb, though. I'm just going to say it's probably because all the critics like JD. <laughs> I love JD. <laughs> it was awesome. That's probably why the critics liked, liked the movie. He was an awesome character. He was. I, I love JD. Oh, sad. Sad day. Can't be sad yet. We haven't even heard why. Yeah, so let's get into the plot. <laughs> Ariel, leave it to you. All right, let's talk plot. I don't like this whole thing. This is throwing me off my game here. So, it's early 2011, the start of this movie. And... Our wonderful U.S. federal agent, Leon Kennedy, had been pulled out of his vacation, <laughs> or what he liked to call vacation. 
and sent into the country where he was to meet up with a CIA agent under the codename Scarecrow. So Scarecrow had some information regarding the bioterrorists, but unfortunately, when Leon got there, the U.S. was ordered to pull out soon after. And him and Hunnigan were arguing back and forth, you know. And he basically just says, I'm going rogue. Because he's upset about the U.S.'s lack of commitment to fight the terrorists using the B.O.W.s. So he goes off on his own. And in an underground parking garage, he finds Scarecrow, who's badly wounded and only manages to say the word beekeeper. So Leon then ascertains it to be the terrorist's connection with a nearby honey truck that he saw. And then a liquor comes and attacks and kills Scarecrow. So Leon then fights the liquor. Um, and then ends up getting forced down by a giant explosion and is about to get killed by the same liquor until he sees a man command it to stop. And then he falls unconscious. So when he comes to, he finds himself in the basement of a house under search from the Eastern Slav army. He then starts getting interrogated by JD, who is in the room alongside Alexander Kozincheko, which goes by Buddy, and Ivan Jadonovich, who goes by Ottoman. So, noticing that Ottoman is beginning to convulse heavily, cough and whatnot, Leon then warns JD to keep an eye on him because he suspects that he's about to turn into a zombie. So then, you know, more interrogation and whatnot happens and the soldiers realize that there's somebody hiding underground so they begin to open fire and JD is hit on the way out and this is hilarious because then he's like I'm dying go on without me I'm dying but then he you know realizes that the vest that he had taken from Leon to begin with the bulletproof vest, you know, did its job. So he was fine. Everything was great. I think he would have actually felt more than just a hit from the bullet if he was actually dying. I know. That was hilarious. So. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they keep going through the underground tunnels. JD and Buddy, along with Ottoman. And Leon follows behind them and watches it all. The Ottoman becomes too weak and he realizes that he's you know going to turn into a zombie basically and has Buddy kill him 
So Buddy then takes over as leader of the group and orders JD to hide in the church while he heads off to the surface. And Leon then follows JD where he then discovers that the Plaga parasites were being used by the rebels, which led to some of their men turning into the Ganados. And he realizes this when he finds um, one of them impaled on an axe, and then more start attacking him with these weapons. He finds out that he must be the one to kill all these because JD, despite his tough guy attitude, is not willing to kill people he grew up with or, you know, people in general. He just wasn't ready to kill them. So, in the meantime, the president of the Eastern Slav Republic, Svetlana, brings in Ada Wong to provide her information on the Plagas that are being used by the Eastern Slav army. And Svetlana later realizes that Ada is using a guise as a BSAA agent and then tries to figure out why she's here. Which, good luck, because nobody ever figures out why Ada does what Ada does. But here comes the, you know, Ada back into the storyline with Leon. So, outside of the presidential palace, Buddy continues his plan to attack the building by becoming the host of the dominant species Plaga. So, during Ada's explanation... I guess I should go into this, that there is a dominant Plaga, and then, you know, she referred to it as the slave master, where yes. you have, like, the dominant Plaga and the other Plagas, and this is how they were able to use the liquors and to control them. So, Buddy then becomes, he injects himself with the dominant Plaga, much like Ottoman was. And he then sends out an army of liquors to attack the palace. And the soldiers guarding the perimeter were, you know, quickly died. And this also allowed Leon to sneak in. And he makes his way down to an underground facility. where Leon and an escaped Ada confirmed that Svetlana was behind the terrorist attacks in her own country, using the um, successionist movement for political gain and then killing them off to remove witnesses. So at this point, Buddy and his liquor army attack the facility, quickly killing off the remaining soldiers with only Svetlana and her personal security surviving, having retreated behind the shatterproof glass. With the two of them safe, Svetlana releases two of her tyrants. Um, and it's modified from the T-103 line. And, whoo, what a fight. Those things were gigantic. Like, yeah. well, we'll explain this in the, well, Daniel will explain this in the B.O.W.'s, but, who those tyrants were actually really awesome. I did like how they looked. Yeah. So, um... Eventually, Leon and Buddy escape from the compound, losing the tyrants in the process when their elevator collapses under the sheer weight of the two, 
and reaching the top, they are unfortunate encountering a third tyrant, designated 013. So by using the remains of his liquor army, Buddy outwits the tyrant into damaging an oil tanker, allowing Leon to use it to blow it up. But all it did was, you know, damage the power limiter and it mutates into the super tyrant course because it's never that easy so then it then keeps going after them and buddy rams a tank into it and in the stalemate between the vehicle and the monster leon jumps in takes control of the turret and is unable to aim because its head is blocking the path of the cannon until a liquor comes and it Attaches itself to his face. <laughs> this was, this was pretty funny. Because then he blows through it. I don't. I'm not going to say it on here. But he it, he blows through the liquor and the tyrant's head. Ty- tyrant's head comes clean off, and he's done. The two other tyrants come above ground. They're getting ready to attack Leon and Buddy, and you know Leon's not going down without a fight. He gets his knife out like it's going to do something against these gigantic creatures. When all of a sudden, two aircrafts make a sudden appearance and blow the creatures up. Saving the day. So with the tyrants defeated, Leon realizes that the U.S. has been monitoring monitoring him the entire time. And it's revealed soon after that both the United States and Russian Federation, forgetting their tense rivalry over Eastern European relations take joint action in intervening with the war when Svetlana's role as a supporter of terrorism is revealed. In their joint invasion, the remnants of the Eastern Slav army are made prisoners of war for their association with a terrorist state. So, as Leon watches, the U.S. and Russian forces march on the Republic to overthrow its government, but he wonders if Leon was aware of both countries' involvement from the start. Which, of course, Leon says no. Beginning to feel more overwhelmed by by how events transpired and where he was currently, Buddy becomes hopeless, showing deep regret over the loss of his mentor, Ottoman, and his friends. Buddy proclaims he has nothing more to fight for and begs Leon to kill him before he turns into a monster. And, of course, Leon says nothing, and Buddy puts the pistol up to himself in a suicide attempt but Leon denies him the right to die and takes his handgun telling Buddy that he owes it to the people who died to continue living even if it means being paralyzed for the rest of his life and Leon then proceeds to shoot Buddy and then end of movie where you're left wondering what happened to Buddy but there's always more so in the aftermath of events Buddy remains an eastern Slav he watches as children run by happily up a cobbled street as he wheels himself along in a wheelchair a canteen Leon gave to him still on his person Stopping briefly, Buddy watches as children run by on their own to the school ahead. 
He continues to wheel himself uphill and towards the building, implying that he has resumed his previous occupation as a school teacher. So happy endings all around, except for poor JD, who ended up dying. Well, that's where the canteen came in. I know. That whole thing was sad. I liked JD. So yeah, that is the basic plot of Damnation. Yeah. Yeah. So, (coughs) you know, after we watched this movie, we were like discussing things afterwards and... If you're wondering how a dominant Plago was able to control a liquor, I have an answer for you. The liquor was implanted with the lost Plago. Parasite. That's what we need. Right? And, you know, it doesn't really it mutate them. It just takes control of them. So if you have the dominant plaga inside of you. You can control these liquors that have the plagas inside of them. That's how they were able to control the liquors. Well, I guess it's a good thing Wesker never got hold of it. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, if this takes place between five and six, goodbye, Wesker. Even though I still say he's not dead. Maybe he'll come back with some liquors. No, knowing that asshole, he'll come back with something worse. Control of something worse. Oh, bros. Dash two. No. No, thank you. So on that note, I think it's time for us to go to a mid-break. Well, here we are in the middle of the show. I really am taking over this episode because Aaron got sick. So he won't be in the rest of this episode. Get better soon. It's really gross. (laughs) So... This is where we thank our patrons, Daniel. Are you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. I don't know. Aaron runs this, not me. So, we have our official patron, Philip Halbert. We have our all-access patrons, Edward Parks and Remington Cloutier. And we have our VIP patrons, Naked Mango William Jackson, Donnie Shanks, Christopher Gurley, Chris Slate, Chaotic Kia, and Cerberus91. So thank you all so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for the support. We appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, because you're just as important. Can't do without you. Exactly. So, with our patron thanks and our listener thanks out of the way, Daniel, what do you have for us today? I thought since Aaron threw everything off in the beginning, we weren't doing this. Um, no, sorry about you. We're still doing it. Darn it. All right. So, since I'm going to call out Bloodline 8308 in the Resident Evil Discord. Oh, you're calling somebody out. For the lore cast. Uh, mentioned about looking for hats that were not snapback. So I found some. They're not... They have the Stars Raccoon Police Department logo. So they don't have any other logos like the Umbrella Locate Umbrella logo. But they do have RPD. They do come in a very... They come in various different colors. Looks like there's an orange, blue, which is closer to the Stars colors. A burgundy and like a beige. They're on Etsy. 
and they are made by Resident Evil props. They are under the description of Resident Evil Stars RPD Prop Peaked Cap Flat Cap Sun Hat. And I believe they are the adjustable strap hats. So those may actually be what you're looking for, Bloodline. But they are on Etsy. Looks like they run $27.30. I don't know if that's... I think that's per hat. And it does not give me shipping on there. But that is on Etsy by Resident Evil Props. So definitely look into that bloodline if that's what you are looking for. Or anybody who is looking for a Resident Evil hat with the Stars Raccoon Police Department logo on it. I'm still stuck on the 27.30. Yes. 30 cents. That's what it says. I never, never kid with my prices. Yeah. Yeah. 30 cents. I'm surprised I haven't gotten hate mail from like these uh, people that sell this stuff. No, I don't think they would. Yeah. I don't know. But waiting for it. But if they came in to hate on you for the prices, they would also have had to listen to the episode. True. To an extent. Right. Another listener has been gained. Yes. So, you know, it's not all bad, I guess. So, um, yeah, I read an article. You know how to do that? I do know how to read. Okay, I'm just checking. Unlike Aaron, who can't read. Probably. Yep. So, this one comes from GameSpot, and the title is Resident Evil Village and three other Resident Evil games are coming to Switch this year. Yeah. Capcom and, and Nintendo team up to bring multiple Resident Evil games to Switch. As part of the September Nintendo Direct, Nintendo and Capcom announced that Resident Evil Village and three earlier Resident Evil games are coming to Switch this year. The games are coming to Nintendo's hybrid console via the cloud. So, in addition to Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remakes and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard are coming to Switch later this year. They are also cloud versions. Additionally, Nintendo and Capcom confirmed that the winter's expansion for Resident Evil Village will come to Switch on December 2nd. A free demo for Resident Evil Village on Switch is released today, the 13th, while the full game arrives on October 28th. So, yeah. They should have released it on the 31st. I know. But everything else is getting released on the 28th. Like, 28th is just, let's release everything Resident Evil. They didn't want to wait for Halloween. No. So, yeah, that's what I've got. And I will post the links for both of these in the show notes. So, let's get to the end of the episode. So here we are at the end of the episode. And usually this is where Aaron says something like, and then I like be sarcastic back, but he's not here. So I suppose let's just get into B.O.W.'s, Daniel. All right. I don't have too many. So I'm going to list them off first, and then I'm going to go over them separately. So basically we have the Ganados, which are the slow-moving people that could <laughs> implant you with Plagas. We had Tyrants. We had the Lickers. 
and technically the Plagas, but we know the Plagas are basically the same from 4 and 5. They're just in a movie now. Yep. So I will start with the Ganado. These Ganado were noticeably more zombie-like than their 2004 Ganado and Magini counterparts. Because if we remember from those two games, they could actually move a lot better. In this mm-hmm. movie, they had the movements of zombies for the most part. That's why I kind of thought at first and then realized later on that they were being controlled, which threw me off because they weren't anything like the games. They have almost lost their entire humanity to the parasites with only the occasional murmurs and weapon utilization evidence of higher as evidence of higher brain function. This Ganado also displayed a Magenia-like reproductive trait where they were able to regurgitate fully mature plagas of their kind and immediately infect other humans by forcing these plagas into their mouths. That's what happened to Aaron. Oh, gross. Ew. I'm going to have to keep an eye on that then. So next I'm going to cover the tyrants, which I thought looked awesome in this movie. At, At least before the super tyrant. I mean, the super tyrant's not bad, but... I love how they look with the trench coats and... The boots. Yeah, the boots with the metal banding on them. So in this, the Tyrant series was aesthetically similar to Umbrella's T-103 model, which entered production some 13 years prior. However, they were noticeably taller. So these Tyrants are <laughs> actually bigger than Umbrella's Tyrants. Uh, yeah, these things were massive. Especially when they went Super Tyrant. The super tyrant form, unlike previous tyrants, lacks a cleanly exposed heart. In addition, unlike previous tyrants, they only produced one moderately mutated claw arm as opposed to two giant ones. This gives them dexterity unseen in previous super tyrants as one was able to not only catch a rocket in mid-flight, but also clip the tail of it in one twist of its wrist to send the rocket flying back at its shooter, which in this case was Leon. Mm-hmm. In their normal form, they were easily capable of killing lickers with their colossal boots and punching them into an instant death. The lickers, on the other hand, failed to make significant damage on them despite their numbers. This is particularly noteworthy as the lickers' defining weapons is its large claws and tongue that are fully capable of impaling and decapitating ordinary humans, whereas they could only restrain these tyrants with their signature appendages for brief moments. Especially that first one when they came up on the surface. Mm-hmm. And the plugs I'm not really going to go over because that is the basic plugs from 4 and 5, which should be in the episodes going over the BOWs in 4. The Lickers are actually a basic variant of the ones that we've seen previously. In the following years, stories of Lickers encounter Raccoon City incident sparked interest in them being used as bioweapons amongst the black market. So by 2009, Tricell was already mass-producing a derivative species of Licker that was enhanced by further exp- experimentation with the progenitor virus. So that was something new to me, that they had been experimented with the progenitor virus in addition to already being T-virus-based mutations. Ugh. This species would later wind up supplied to President Svetlana and the pro-independent forces of the Eastern Slav Republic. These liquors were successfully implanted with submissive type 4 plaga parasites and could therefore 
could thereby be controlled by humans that had the dominant species plaga. Yeah. So that was the difference, really, between the the liquors. Other than that, they're basically same biology other than the plaga and the little bit of experimentation with the progenitor virus. Which it does not say what the progenitor virus did to them. That, ugh. You notice in every single movie, like, even, like, the CGI movies, the... Paul Anderson movies like Welcome to Raccoon City, they all feature a liquor. Yes. Well, now that you say it, yes. Yeah, like, they're all of them. But I think that is all I really have <laughs> on the BOWs is there wasn't much variance in there, but there was some new snippets about them. Yeah. Well... I guess that's me with characters. Yeah, I think it's your turn now. Damn. So, first I'll make, I'll say the list of them. There's Leon Kennedy. There's Buddy slash Alexander Kozachenko. Svetlana Belkova. JD. Ottoman. Ada Wong. Ingrid Hunnigan. And Scarecrow. So I'm going to skip Leon because we talk about Leon all the time. I think it's mostly you talk about Leon. You're right. But even I know when I'm beating a dead horse. So <laughs> um, Alexander Sasha Kozachenko, who also goes by Buddy. Lots of different names in this. It's Buddy. So he is a teacher and former member of the resistance group in the Eastern Slav Republic. As a child, Buddy grew up with two close friends, Irina and JD. Eventually, Buddy ended up becoming an elementary school teacher alongside his childhood friend, Irina. The two fell in love and were engaged to be married in the midst of the Civil War. However, the school they both taught at was believed by the government to be a front and support for the pro-independence and resistance members. So it was attacked and burned to the ground, killing school children and arena in the process. And this is what sparked Buddy into joining the revolution. So the rest about Buddy, you know, happens in the movie. So because yeah, I believe they made the comment that Buddy had never used a weapon prior, prior to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just a school teacher in love with his childhood friend. And about to be married and shit hit the fan. Like normal, you know, movie plots. So next, let's do Svetlana. And she was an interesting, interesting person. I think she was one of my favorites despite being... Evil. Yeah, a villain. So little is known about her past, aside from formerly being a combat instructor. I, I, even though she states in the movie that she's still an instructor, but you never know because she's a liar. So 
Svetlana is described as being diplomatic, serious, and very rigid. She amassed a great wealth from a financial business background. And as the first female president of the Eastern Slav Republic, she is involved in a silver civil war that she created. So, yeah. That is... Svetlana. Although her... I will say her fight with Ada was pretty cool. I will say that, Daniel. So, here's a cool little thing about Svetlana before I end. So, her name can be heard a couple times during a Russian radio broadcast in Resident Evil Revelations 2, Episode 2, Contemplation with Claire and Moira shortly shortly after they got separated from Neil. That is neat. That definitely ties, even though we already know that this is between the games, it definitely ties in the games to this thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So next to my favorite character in the movie, JD. So his real name isn't known as he tells Leon that JD isn't his real name but never says what it is. So JD grew up in the Eastern Slav Republic with Buddy and Irina, and little is known about JD up until the events of the Civil War. But he joined the resistance group around the same time as Buddy because he wanted to follow him into the fight because that was his friend. And so... (laughs) I do want to mention JD's love for American-made things. Yes, he doesn't stop. I know. It's hilarious, and I just, I absolutely love JD. So, yeah, he just keeps going on and on about the American movies and, and, like, everything. And I, I was so, so sad when JD died. And Leon made the comment, I was looking forward to taking you to America. Like, that got me in the feels. Well, you just have to see if he would have actually done it. It's Leon, he would have. Well, he was a resistance member, though, despite them being on the correct side of things. I use, I use correct in quotes here. <laughs> I, Leon's a good guy. He might be snarky, but I could see Leon taking JD to America. And getting him a burger and some fried chicken. Because didn't he make a comment about... Yeah, the burgers and fried chicken and... Yeah, I could see Leon doing that. And taking him to a movie. A good Hollywood movie. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's JD. Rest in peace, because you were awesome. So, next I'm going to talk about Ottoman. Or Ivan... Jadonovich, which is his real name. He was the leader for the anti-government forces. And he was born to a Cossack family in the Soviet Union. After the breakup in the early 1990s, he became an influential political figure for one region which called for independence from the newly formed Eastern Slav Republic over irrecoverable socioeconomic differences when the government offered regional autonomy in exchange for ceasefire the unrest quickly ended and 
Jadonovich was made their leader, now known simply as the Ottoman, a term given to Cossack leaders. We know that Ottoman was the one that was in charge of the liquors in the beginning of the movie. He had the host Plaga in him, but it, over time, killed him. You know, just like it was doing to Buddy. And another interesting thing is his name can be heard during a radio transmission in Revelations 2, Episode 2 around the same time with Claire and Moira after they get separated from Neil. So you also hear Ivan Jadonovich's name as well as Svetlana's. They're definitely keeping these connections together. I know. That's pretty cool. You know, to be honest, I didn't pay that close attention. I'm going to have to play Revelations 2 again, even though I wasn't a huge fan of it. At least episode 2 so I can try to figure out So I can uh, hear their names, because that would be pretty cool. So I'm not going to talk about Ada or Ingrid, so I am going to briefly talk about Scarecrow. So Scarecrow was the alias of a CIA contact that Leon was supposed to meet. And I didn't know this, but you know Leon's name was Tin Man. I think he did make that when he would talk to Scarecrow or somebody else he made the comment that he he said it was Tin Man and they didn't get it. I think I think he said it to Buddy and JD. I'm not I don't remember. I didn't know he went by Tin Man. Yeah he he I remember Tin Man being said and I could have swore he said it's Tin Man but nobody around him got it because they were affiliated with what he was doing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Leon encountered him dying. He uttered one word, beekeeper, and then he was attacked by a liquor and continued to die. Pretty savagely. So, that's what I have on Scarecrow. Very riveting information. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, those are our characters for Damnation. I liked this movie. I loved Degeneration, but I I love Damnation more. I did like, well, you know, my whole thing was apparently I liked the enemies because I liked how the tyrants looked. I thought the Russian or the Eastern Slav president was, I thought even with the little background you get from her in the movie, was kind of neat. And then, of course, the fight with the tyrants and the Lakers. Yeah, I did like... Okay, well, I mean, our next episode is going to be discussion episode, but I just real quick want to say that I did like how they made her not a normal political figure, a normal evil political figure, like where she's just the freaking penguin from Degeneration obnoxious and annoying but worth nothing like she was a badass in her own right yes and i like how they did that but i'll discuss that more next episode (laughs) so normally now aaron would do easter eggs however he's sick so 
We will um, cover that next episode along with our discussions and our ratings. So, yeah. It was a good movie. Go out and watch it. Definitely. And we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and a review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.